All right, Nick, now that the season's over, who is your worst pick this year? My worst pick of the 2022 fantasy football season was Elijah Mitchell. And there's not much to be said about him, really. I mean, he was injured the majority of the season. But I was projecting him to finish as a top 10 running back. And if he didn't get injured the entire season, I, I'm i not going to go to say that it was, that isn't possible. CMC wouldn't be there if, if Mitchell was healthy the entire year. Um, because they would have been able to succeed with him. Now, CMC does offer elements that not many running backs can offer to an offense, but I don't feel as if the 49ers would have needed those um, services. So it's hard It's hard to say that he is my worst pick because I can't project someone missing, what was it, like 14 out of the 17 games of the year, but mm-hmm. without a doubt, the most hurtful pick of mine because I thought he was going to be so good. I rode on him in a lot of leagues, and he just – gone after one week yeah i fell culprit to elijah mitchell too there's there's not much we can do about it uh you you know some guys are more injury prone than others uh mitchell was someone with like a moderate risk i would say he wasn't necessarily high risk heading into the year um so yeah i mean it sucks injury derailed his season uh you know he had six carries for 41 yards in that short week one outing for him yeah he did look great and so I'm with you on that. If if he was given the opportunity all year to display his talent, I feel like he he could have been a slam dunk pick, um, but we'll never know. So I'm going to follow that up with, who were you most wrong about this year? What prospect were you just completely off on? I, I think I'm going to say Cortland Sutton here solely because I was, I'll be honest, I was projecting him to finish as a top 15, top 10 receiver. Um, and I'm not alone in that either, but he was one of the guys that I made sure I left every draft with. And I did every league I was in. I was a Cortland Sutton owner this season. Um, and I ended up trading him away after like five weeks in every single league. So definitely wrong. Finishes a wide receiver 45 on the season. Missed a few games due to injury, but it really looked like Jerry Judy took over the role there. I can't say what's going to happen next season. I don't know how much to blame on Russ. I don't know how much to blame on Nathaniel Hackett, but I do think that Hackett played a a large role in the struggles of this offense. Also losing Javante Williams to start the season, your run game's gone, your bad coach, your quarterbacks in a new system. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to say we can throw this out for Russ and his receivers, but it's something to consider. I like how all off season long, the fantasy football community argued it was kind of like the chicken or the egg who uh who's going to be the wide receiver one the one that we need to leave every draft with from denver's offense judy or sutton and the answer was really neither of them i mean judy's performed better throughout the year um he's floating around the wide receiver 28 spot and sutton's the mid 40s um after the first five weeks it did look like Cortland sutton was who we thought he was uh he averaged 15 and a half points he um totaled let's see 46 targets in the first five weeks those are great wide receiver one numbers thing that i'm most disappointed with him only one touchdown only 12 red zone targets that's not the guy we thought he was um when drafting him you know six foot four very great possessive receiver great on the perimeter we thought he would be someone like mike williams um just imposing when inside close range uh but he wasn't and so that was a whiff on our end. Maybe we have a little too much uh, confirmation bias between us two. 
We have to take a step back with these receivers. Um, but that's another person we missed. Um, lastly, is there anybody else that, you know, you just got wrong that performed way off your expectations this year? Um, yeah, I think it's Josh Jacobs. I, he wasn't way off my expectations, but the fact that he finished as high as he did, I definitely throw him into this category. I was projecting him to be a mid to low end RB two, not the RB three on the season. Um, so when, when you're only 15 spots off, it doesn't feel like a huge miss, but when it's that kind of swing where it's mid to low range RB two to debatably the RB one on the year, um, it's I would consider it a pretty big miss way off my expectations. Um, we you were expecting him to break out for a bit. Then you kind of changed your mind there. And we were both kind of lower. We were lower on him than we should have been. But we were I was I was te- I was team Josh Jacobs like all offseason long. And then I got cold feet yeah. after the Hall, the Hall of Fame game is really um, what made me step back and be like, oh, shit, is this guy even going to be the starter on um, this year? Um, but yeah, I, I wish I left my chips in with Josh Jacobs still had him on, on the third place team. Um, but yeah, he's someone that definitely exceeded our expectations. It'll be interesting to see what happens to him next year with the contract situation that they might tag him. Um, I agree. But even then with who knows how good the offense will be without Derek Carr. We saw it once this year and it looked good, but it was also a shootout game. I agree. All right. So how about I'll ask you, who was your worst pick on the season? My worst pick, uh, I would say just based off of cost was Najee Harris. Uh, I could go two ways. First, I'll start with Najee Harris. Um, He is the RB 14 right now. And it's like, okay, he was drafted as an RB eight, nine. So are you really that disappointed with him? Um, But if, if you look closely, it really has been a lackluster season. He's averaging little over 13 points per game. He didn't exceed 14 points in a game until week 11. It's like every week you put him in your lineup and you knew exactly what you're getting. You're going to get a just a, a teeth wrench. Like, you know, I was biting through mouth guards watching the Steelers play all year. Um, you know, Najee would touch the ball 18 times in total 60 yards, maybe a couple of receptions. Only had three touchdowns. Uh, until that week 11 game where he scored twice to, against Cincinnati. Um, th- the biggest, uh, I guess, the part where I was way off in, in drafting out what Najee Harris would be this year was that his, he's lacked involvement in the receiving game. We've seen Jalen Warren um, kind of be the third down back, the change of pace guy. Uh, Najee has 34 less receptions than last year, and he only has two games as a top 10 running back. He He really wasn't what I drafted him to be in the first round In the first round, I'm hoping for a consistent RB one to get me 15 plus points uh, each week. And he just didn't deliver on those expectations. Yeah. Najee was disappointing based on his ADP, but after the bye week beginning of the season was putrid after the bye week, he's been fantastic averaging five yards per carry. Um, and that's a seven game sample. Um, and he's of late, his fantasy performance of performances have been great 13 15 16 and 20 um so there is improvement showing i think the offense struggled and that's part of the reason Najee struggled so i don't know where i'm going to rank him yet next year because so many things can change but i'm not moving him too far back from a first rounder i really don't want him especially if jalen jalen warren's what a second year player he's going to be back next year 
yeah okay even even uh further furthering that point um he's just someone that is going to take a lot for me to measure up over this uh off season and dynasty season can i give you my other contender for worst pick yeah go for it all right so uh, alan lazard i was i was all in on alan lazard uh you know the the metrics were there last year eight touchdowns only 40 receptions um new opportunity a greenfield opportunity being aaron Rodgers' wide receiver one this year i reached for him i took him in the sixth round um just out of pure confidence in him drafted nearly two rounds earlier than uh consensus would have him and he really hasn't performed uh over the back half of the year at all wide receiver 37 on the year he started out hot i mean he missed week one because he got stepped on in practice um, leading into it so he didn't play in the debut week uh, but weeks two through nine he scored five touchdowns in seven games he averaged 15 points per game over that stretch I thought I really hit a home run there I thought I I was I gained conviction with how he performed early in the year um, but then Christian Watson he broke the rookie pattern with Rodgers you know it was uh a consensus thought that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't throw to his rookie receivers. I mean, we saw Marquez Valdez Scanling be the um, most productive rookie with Rodgers, and it wasn't that much on the season, uh, less than 400 yards, uh, only two touchdowns. But nonetheless, back to Christian Watson, he has been dominant since week 10, uh, where he scored that three touchdown performance against Dallas. That was really his breakout. Um, breakout game this year Lazard's taken a backseat since then and I guess the lesson learned from Alan Lazard is talent will prevail in the wide receiver room um even just because he's a rookie Christian Watson even Romeo Dobbs seemed like he was surpassing Lazard at times this year talent prevails uh don't just go with the veteran because he's stepping into a new opportunity right and there were a lot of mouths to feed in that offense Aaron Jones leads him in catches um, there's Randall Cobb who gets involved in games. They had Sammy Watkins who had a couple nice grabs this year, no longer on the team, but yeah, Dobbs, Watson, Lazard, two tight ends, Del Guerra and, uh, Tonyan. just too many mouths to feed. It was hard to predict who would emerge as the top option there. I think Watson was the answer. And I think Watson's going to be the first Packers receiver taken next year. I would be surprised right. with anyone else. Yeah. One last guy I was really way off. You know, um, we both were. Uh, A.J. Brown has, uh, my apologies to A.J. Brown. We called you A.J. Bust all offseason. And you refuted those claims by us. He's a wide receiver five on the year. Um, again, I didn't have him inside my top 24 wide receivers. Uh, and my thought process was, um, Devonte Smith and him are going to produce relatively similar. And that is true. Devonte Smith is a wide receiver one as well. Wide receiver nine on the year, um, having a phenomenal season. He has 88 catches over 1100 yards and seven touchdowns as, of his own. Um, but AJ Brown tch, over 1400 yards, 1401, um, to be specific, 11 touchdowns through the air. Um, and I guess where we went or where I went wrong in my projections, you know, I, I statistically projected every team this offseason. That's how I built my rankings. Um, I didn't think Jalen Hurts would be nearly as efficient as he is. Um, 
let's see, 8.2 yards per attempt, over 67% completion percentage. I had him at 63% and seven and a half yards per attempt. Um, just he's blown my expectations away. Uh, let's see, where else? AJ Brown and Devontae Smith have combined combined for over 52% of the targets this year. Um, they're just dominating the pie chart. I had them right around 48%, 45% combined. Um, so, the, you know, my thought process was Philly has a deep receiving core. Quez Watkins, they signed Zach Pascal. Um, those guys really have been irrelevant. And the injury to Dallas Goddard helps as well with the volume. Um, but frankly, and another lesson here to further the point from Alan Lazard is talent will prevail. Um, A.J. Brown, you know, talented as any other receiver in the league we should have known that he would have been as successful as he is. Yeah, I think the majority of our skepticism was based off Jalen Hurts and who could predict an MVP season from him this year. I, I definitely did not. Um, A.J. Brown walked away with 11 touchdowns on the season and Devontae Smith balled out as well. So and Another um, thing in Philly's pass attack is they really haven't targeted the running back position nearly as heavily as they did last year last year led the league with 106 targets to the position this year less than 60 um that that helps as well um you can just see that they're um the nucleus of their air attack is smith and brown and targets are going to go strictly to those playmakers right let's talk about our biggest hits yep uh you started off all right. Um, I'll go with my favorite one of the season. I He's now my baby. Uh, Ken Walker finishes the RB19 while only starting nine games, 10 games if you count the game he left in the first drive in. Um, so if you play nine full games and you finish as the RB19, that's extremely impressive. He got half a season in and he finished top 20, which is ridiculous. The guy is going to be a first round pick next year. I'm probably taking him over almost every running back I can think of besides CMC and Eckler and maybe Derrick Henry. Other than that, I don't see a reason not to buy into him. He's, he leads the league in 60 plus yard runs used as as a receiver when in games where running game was tough, difficult to get going, like against Tampa Bay, for example, he walked away with six catches. Um, They shut down the run. They found a way to involve him. I think he's a very important piece to this offense. Rashad Penny's gone after this season. It's the end of his contract. So he's not competing with anyone with talent. DJ Dallas and Travis Homer are special teams guys. DJ Dallas sometimes is a third down back. I would expect Walker to be able to take over that third down role this year or next year because I'm assuming that they gave it to Dallas more based on trust because he's he's been there longer, um, understands the offense better, and they're typically not running on third down anyways. Ken Walker, I have no no reason to doubt him next season. And where did you draft him, uh, roughly speaking? Like one of my last picks. No one was taking him. And you clowned me in the Zoom. In this, <laughs> You were like, wow, Ken Walker, he'll be on the waivers next week. Kept him for a couple weeks, boom, exploded. Great, great payoff there. Um, my, I guess, running back darling out of the draft this year was Tony Pollard. I actually had two, but I'll start with Tony because um, I love him more than the other guy tony drafted him at the seven seven spot so mid seventh round pick uh rb three or four 
on my team. Uh, and he's a RB seven overall on the year. It, again, he was drafted in the RB 30 range. Um, six weeks as a top eight running back. 22 touches have gone for 15 plus yards. That's nearly 10% of his touches. I mean, there's not really another running back as electrifying as Tony Pollard. 12 touchdowns on the year. Uh, Zeke still has a slight edge on the ground game, uh, but Pollard, Pollard, despite having nearly 40 less carries, has over 120 more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott. And you've seen that Dallas favors Pollard through the air. He's averaging nine and a half yards per reception. I think that's the second most among running backs. 54 targets to Zeke's 21. Um, this guy is going to soar up draft boards over the offseason. He's a very appealing dynasty asset because, um, again, he's going to be another running back that hits the free agency market. And it's going to be just solely dependent on where he goes. But I think regardless where he goes, he's going to be the best running back and he's going to get a lead role for the first time in his career. With Pollard gone next year, too, I would I would expect Zeke to have a pretty good fantasy season. He's going to be peppered with volume. That's it. That's it. Like, I feel like Dallas has got to be brutally honest with themselves and realize uh, how much better Tony Pollard is than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, they can't get know, away from Zeke and they Zeke, can't sign Pollard based on Zeke's contract. Zeke's not getting any younger. I mean, the same can be said about anybody, but Zeke's going to be what, 28 next year? Um, Tony Pollard's a couple years younger than him, a couple hundred touches, maybe even a thousand touches um, younger, really, when you're talking about a lifetime of a running back. You got to think about how much they get beat up over the years with 300 plus touches each year. Um, and Tony Pollard's relatively fresh. They have to be honest with themselves and realize who, uh, executes better in this offense i'm i don't disagree with you but pollard's going to demand a sizable contract based on his performance and i just i don't see how they can afford it i agree give me another hit of yours this past season all right um debating between two receivers i'll start with amari cooper finished as the wide receiver 10 in ppr formats i if you've listened to our podcast at all, I was high on Cooper the entire season, um, the entire preseason. I was, I wanted to take him in every league that I was in. I got him in a couple, traded for him in our Wag Me War Zone. Um, and he proved me right. He was able to provide plenty of fans. He was a he was wide receiver eight with J, um, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Sorry, yeah, blanking. He was wide receiver eight with Jacoby Brissett. Watson comes in, there's growing pains. And then all of a sudden last week, uh, Cooper finally connected with him. Two touchdowns, 100-something yards. Great game from him. I would expect Amari Cooper to be a, at least a high-end second-round pick next year just based on this performance and the rapport that will develop with Watson in the offseason. He's so volatile. Six games over 20 points, six games under 10 points. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just the – the duality of owning Amari Cooper. You're either going to get a weak winning performance or you're going to get a dud from him. And the highs are great. Um, and the highs allow you to kind of be blinded to when to sit him. And you don't really know when he's going to dud, but it's going to sneak up on you. Um, his season totals are great. He's been a great fantasy asset, um, but nonetheless, a very volatile player to have in your lineup. All right, you want to give me your second darling of the season? 
I'll go with another running back. I took these guys back to back. So Tony in the seventh round of our Wag Me War Zone, eighth round, I come back. Um, I kind of went zero RB. That's why I was leaning heavily in the mid rounds. And I got Ramondre Stevenson. Drafted him in the RB 30 to 35 range. You know, Damian Harris um, was the eluded starter throughout um, the offseason. But then I, I guess we had to have listened to the training camp news. It was accurate. There were reports um, throughout the offseason, especially closer to the start of the preseason. Ramondre was taking RB1 reps um, with the number one offense, and he was going to be the receiving back. Um, there was still skepticism because you know how New England uh, is wishy-washy with uh, what's reported and what actually happens. Well, Ramondre's RB9 on the year. He has the fourth most receptions among running backs with 62. Um, and he's had seven weeks as a top 10 running back this year. He's been utterly phenomenal, especially after a rough first two weeks of the year. He's just been sensational ever since. Um, and I guess uh, what can we learn? Maybe listen to those training camp reports coming out of New England. Um, I don't have much else to add. He's been great this year. Uh, 64 receptions, excuse me, I misspoke earlier, but yeah, nearly um, 1,400 total yards, scrimmage yards, six total touchdowns, just a great pick this year. The only issue with him is the last couple of weeks have been a bit subpar, and that is with Harris returning. So I don't know what Harris's contract situation is, to be honest, but um, I know Ramondre is definitely there for a couple more years. And I'm assuming that Harris is out soon. So based on those two elements, I would expect Ramondre to just take over the job. Next Damian, Damian Harris is in his fourth year. Uh, okay. This is his fourth year. So I would assume he's either going to hit free agency this year or if they picked up his option, he'll be back in New England next year. Um, but one thing is Ramondre has got a firm grip of the receiving role in that New England backfield. And we've seen historically that's a very valuable uh, component in fantasy football uh, with or without Tom Brady. They like to throw to the back and he's someone that I want on my team going forward. I agree. Your last home run pick of the year. All right. Uh, this one could be a little controversial. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. Very low in ADP. He was not drafted high. And that's because he came into the season with the ACL injury. Um I think I took him in the third or fourth round of our draft con and I'm whether it be third or fourth, I was pick 11. So it was essentially the same. It was four. Yep. Yeah. Um, but he provided what you kind of expected huge PPR guy um, almost average 10 targets. A game. I think he did average 10 targets a game. Um, easily Brady's number one option in the season. Mike Evans had a terrible year except for his, beautiful 50 point championship winning week this yeah. week you somehow Thank made you. it to the championship with mike evans um but godwin i think that if brady stays there or depending on their quarterback that they bring in if brady leaves will still be the number one option in this offense he's younger i think he offers more to a quarterback um when looking at moving the chains and if you're playing in ppr formats that's what you want you want the guy who's going to get 12 targets a game Touch, touchdown um, progression will come next year. He only had three touchdowns on the season. Finished as a top 18 wide receiver um, after missing three games to start the year. Two games to start the year, sorry. 
he really turned it on at the end of the season. He's got 93% of his targets over the last three weeks, only two incompletions. Uh, isn't that crazy? He's He's got glue on his gloves, man. Nine for nine for nine, week 17, eight for eight, week 15. Uh, like to stay perfect, that's a third game this year with five plus catches that he's been perfect, uh, caught every single one of his targets. Uh, just a PPR machine, like you mentioned. All right, this is my he's just simply a hit for where he was drafted in the landscape of the fantasy football draft board this past year. And um, I know not many people are going to like this pick, but Josh Allen in the late third round um, was a great pick. I I do not regret it at all. He was a QB one consensus QB one. He came at a large cost, you know, mid third round pick. Uh, You can pick up our low end wide receiver one or RB one there. Um, But the value of Josh Allen is grand. 25.8 points per game. Only Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are greater than 25 this year. Um, But when you look at who Josh Allen was being compared to at the preseason, uh, when at during draft season, and that's Justin Herbert, who is a consensus QB two, he's averaging less than 17 points. So if you were debating between Herbert and Allen and you went Herbert, you shot yourself in the foot right there. Um, But if you were someone that put, like most fantasy managers, he put off quarterback into a mid to late round. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott all have disappointed this year, whether because of injury or underperformance. Um, if you drafted one of those seven, six, seven quarterbacks there in the mid to late rounds, um, your team was pretty much disqualified from playoffs. I mean, those guys just haven't been able to consistently produce to support an elite fantasy uh, football team. But the thing with Josh Allen, look, he, you draft him in the mid third round. Look at the wide receiver hit right there. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, Brandon cooks, just to name a few uh, all have disappointed. Chris Godwin and Mike Williams have mistimed AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle and Amon Ross St. Brown were home runs. But still, what are the odds that you picked one of those guys in, in, instead of the other disappointing wide receivers? Um, running backs, same thing. Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Brees Hall, David Montgomery didn't pay off. Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs were successes. But still, look at the uh, just simple numbers game. Josh Allen, QB3 on the year. Okay, um, but he's still been such a safe and secure asset for your fantasy football team. If you chose, if you try to get cute there in the third round, not even cute. If you just drafted straight up and picked a running back or wide receiver, the numbers say that you probably got that pick wrong and you would much rather have a quarterback averaging over 25 points per game in your lineup. I agree with you. I would much rather have Josh Allen than waiver wire add Brandon cooks at this point in the season. Um, definitely outperformed Herbert would Jalen Hurts, great pick. We were high on Jalen Hurts, too. He's the QB1 on the season. You're definitely not disappointed with Josh Allen, and I still thank you for trading me him. Got me to fourth place. Who took third? Well, you know, jury's still out. 
I'm addicted. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, Nick and I played for third and fourth in our our Wagme War Zone. Um, he needs he needed 31 points out of Stefan Diggs heading into last week's game. Uh, everybody knows what happened. Uh, we won't go into far detail. Our hearts hurt. Um, and fantasy football world is wondering what to do with those games that were impacted by that decision and that event. Um, and ours is impacted. So jury is still out. You're right. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Well, just give me the win. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, that was a short episode hits and misses. Nick, I think that's going to be a a topic that we're going to revisit a lot, especially in the, uh, all throughout the off season, really. It's a good reminder of why you were right and wrong from this past year. Yeah. I like that. Check yourself. Yep. All right, guys, that's going to do it today. Uh, I apologize for the brief absence we've had. Holiday season, uh, traveling around, our schedules just haven't aligned. Uh, we're looking to bring a lot of great content throughout the off season to you. So uh, stick with us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.